Welcome to the Restoration Pros Unplugged Podcast. In each episode, we're going to bring you insightful interviews and discussions with top restoration industry leaders. We're also going to delve into their business, the strategies that made them successful, and most importantly, the valuable lessons they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Clinton James. I'm also the Chief Marketing Officer at Water Restoration Market. We're a digital marketing agency dedicated to helping restoration companies nationwide secure more high-value water jobs. Now, this show, it aims to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need to excel in the restoration industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Restoration Pros Unplugged podcast. I am your host, Clinton James. I'm also the Chief Marketing Officer with Water Restoration Marketing. Um, I'm bringing back for a second interview one of our guests, Keith Lewis. Keith, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Clint. Appreciate it. So the first go-around, we talked about one of Keith's businesses in the restoration space, the Restoration Entrepreneur. They do a lot of coaching and consulting for restoration businesses, everything from processes to sales to marketing kind of getting a new business off the ground or helping an existing business kind of prep, get their revenue numbers up for potentially a a sale of some kind there. Today, we're going to dig into another uh, newer business of yours, I believe, um, which is uh, Estimation Pros. So tell the audience a little bit about Restoration or Estimation Pros, how long it's been in business and the services that you guys offer to restoration companies. Sure. We've been in business two years. Uh, it's quite literally a spinoff of the Restoration Entrepreneur. Uh, everything you need is is right there. You can go to our website, see what the pricing is for any given estimate size. Uh, you can submit the estimates right there online, which literally takes, I don't know, about a minute. You attach scope, sketch, and pictures, click a couple boxes, click submit, you'll get a receipt, and then one of my estimators will call you once they're working on the file if they need anything. Otherwise, they'll at least touch base to say, hey, we'll be done with this, and most likely a day or two max. Okay. So, um, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, what's the brainchild behind this? Because obviously you're working with restoration companies there. What made you think not? Is it that these guys just suck? They're leaving so much money on the table when they're submitting these claims for insurance companies? Or what? what? That's exactly what it was. As Corey and I were looking at people's accounting and books, we felt like uh, their profit margins were a little low. And guys immediately go to their subs and their costs. Which it can be, but really at the end of the day, it's surprising how much a lot of the guys that go home at night and pop out, you know, five or six or 10 exactimate estimates, how little they know about exactimate in and of itself. If they've got five years of experience, yeah, you could probably punch out a pretty decent quote with reasonable uh, reasonable margins. But for the most part, we've got a half a dozen pros that do it every day. Most of them have 10 or 15 years experience, by the way, which is incredible. A couple of our guys are uh, previously uh, PAs and they just know how to write it when you have a TPA estimate or you say, hey man, you know, this one is just an organic estimate, not this one through the roof. We could do that too. So that's one of the things we have on our list. Do you want us to be conservative, middle of the road, or you want us to be hyper aggressive? We can quote it anyway. You check out the box. Typically when it's a TPA, it takes kind of an estimation practice. It's on and of itself. Uh, but for the most part, if you let us know what you want, we'll go to town if you want us to. If you want to haggle with the adjuster, we'll give you plenty of uh, plenty of ammunition to do that. And that's that's where it all started. You know, just looking for other opportunities for guys to make money. For the most part, a lot of guys' books we looked at when it really came back to estimating, 
either the owner um, wasn't creative enough to put together highly profitable estimates, or they were using a service that wasn't up to snuff, or if they had somebody on staff, unfortunately, I know we've helped get a couple of people fired, but you know, um, we talked about a couple guys in another podcast about my guys up in North Carolina that are doing like 7 million a year. You know, we had them send us uh, a bunch of estimates from, I think it was like a 30 or 45 day period. And I mean, we weren't even into an hour before we were like, guys, right here, we've already pretty much found you. Let's look at those two scenarios, right? You've got a business owner that's also doing his own estimate, right? That that just sounds like a recipe for disaster because he's being pulled in a million different directions. He's wearing a bunch of different hats. And let's be honest, sometimes he's going to cut corners in the interest to get it done in a time or manner, right? Um, uh, another example would be somebody that has uh, somebody on staff that's hired to do those. But the way those people are compensated, it's not a direct reflection of the additional revenue that they're going to bring in from, you know, writing a good estimate and getting that cleared there. And then you got the agencies, right? These third-party agencies that folks use, and some of them are good, I'm sure, um, but I don't imagine they have the team with the experience and the skill set that you've been able to put together uh, with, with Estimation Pro. So talk to me a little bit about um, what companies and what scenarios kind of benefit the best uh, from using an outsourcing uh, uh, estimating service like what you put together with us. Well, you build all three of them on the head, okay? And there are three distinct answers. Um, a lot of the estimation companies right now are outsourcing to India um, or they're doing them through AI. And all that really provides is a very 30,000 foot overview to the estimate, which leaves a lot of money on the table. So we'll move that one over here. Um, the other two, um, if you've got somebody employed, we both know by the time you're paying them their salary, their vacation, and their benefits, you're probably looking at like $80,000 out the door because we've calculated this several times. On average, yeah, you might think you're paying them 40 or 50 a year, but really once you move, move into benefits and everything else, let's just stick with what we found to be kind of the industry average of about 80000 a year. Um, unless that person truly has five to maybe seven years experience, they're not experienced enough to be a full-time estimator on a larger business, in my opinion. Um, even once they get going, unless you've spent the time to send them out and spend um, in the neighborhood of about $5,000 to get them up to speed and send them to all the classes and all the gurus, they're leaving too much on the table. Um, they don't have enough macros. They're not putting it up in there for just ancillary estimation items. So for, in, in our estimation, like if you're paying them that kind of money, they're not experienced. So, you know, you're going to be paying a good estimator a good bit more than that. And even some of them, they may come, come to you looking like they're extremely experienced coming from a competitor and they were there for seven years. But like what I see all the time is, yeah, he was there for seven years, but he only wrote MIT And now he just started learning to do rebuilds a year ago. Right. Doesn't have enough experience. He, I mean, you know, when you're doing $400,000 fire jobs, he can't cut it. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's just... All these things uh, compound, and if you were to send a lot of those estimates out, and we'll call it fact-checking them, you're going to see right away you're leaving a lot of money on the table. So what you would spend is actually equivalent. If you were to send those estimates out to us, if you're paying that person $80,000 a year and you're a $3 billion rest, uh, restoration company, you're going to spend about the same amount to source it out to us. Now, I'll tell you a horror story about that. I'm not trying to you know, only, only outsource your estimates. I'm not saying that, but- if 
if you just know a little quick point here is always make sure you have your exact and a password. Because I can't tell you how many people come to us and say, my estimator quit. I don't have a password. Exact and it won't give it to me. I can't tell you how many times I've heard the story because they hire somebody, they come in, hey, start writing estimates. They go in, open an account. The estimator has the username and password, gets changed every several months. They get angry, they leave. They have everything you've got in there. And if they're disgruntled, you're not getting that password. I mean, how many jobs and how much lost revenue is you that? You have no idea, man. And in this scenario, comes to head, I get that phone call probably once a month, believe it or not. So make sure on top of it, because one angry employee could cause you a whole, whole heck of a lot of pain. Um, but you know, that's the, that's the answer with, with having an employee doing it. And then there's the owner operator that doesn't ignite. Number one, this goes back to our coaching class. Guys, you should be marketing your business. You should be driving your business. You should be getting new business. That's your job. To go home and write estimates, forgive me. I know you've been doing this for 10 or 15 years. You shouldn't be doing it at the end of the day when you're tired. You got to be on point. I know you've got a bunch of macros. I know you've done thousands of estimates, but it shouldn't be your thing to do when you come home or even sit in the office doing it during the day. Not, not even from the standpoint of estimating, but should be driving business in the door. You should be closing business. Even if you have a salesperson, you should be out there. Secondly, you should be doing other things. Even if you have that covered, you should be uh, giving this away to somebody that has the ability or giving it to a company that's going to write them for you. So that's my opinion. That's what I've seen in the industry. I hate seeing owner-operators writing their own estimates. I know that there's an anticipated cost there, but if you're already making you know, three or $400,000 a year, go scale your business. You could double it and sell it to private equity for 15 million. It's just doesn't make sense. Is that the, uh, so I imagine folks approach you, they're potentially looking at using your service for estimating there. And that's gotta be the hardest objection that you run into is that guy that's been doing this for 10, 20 years. Um, it's, it's convincing him to, Hey, instead of spending two hours writing estimates every day, why don't you spend that two hours out networking, meeting with plumbing companies, meeting with public adjusters, cultivating those relationships that are going to drive more top line business for you? Is, is, is that the toughest objection that you run into when you're having conversations with folks about uh, outsourcing their estimate? But it's a particular type of owner operator. You know, they, they are stuck in their rabbit hole and that's the way they've always done it. And I, I understand, but if you really want to scale the business, and work, you know, a normal eight hour day, you're going to have to send that out. I mean, you know, most estimates, the smaller estimates are $575. The middle of the road ones are 710. But back to, you know, the estimate cost. If you were to do that estimate or, or most guys, we get something from an adjuster, something we get from an adjuster, we can immediately find another, you know, five to 30% if it's from an adjuster right off the bat. Um, most owner operators, you know, we could always find like five to maybe 15%, at which point it's obscured our cost. So we found you a lot more money and you're making three or four times of what you're paying us. So it doesn't suck. Is know? there, I know it's probably hard is it's, it's going to be different depending on who the client is, where they are in the country, the type of mitigation work we're talking, but is there an average for, Hey, this is the average increase billable that we have for our estimates versus our clients when they were doing it on their own. Yeah, I mean, our average estimate size is thirty-eight thousand, yeah. and if it's from, uh, it's it's a wild ass guess if it's from an adjuster, man. I mean, what adjusters do to this industry? It's a travesty. I, 
I can't even believe that they estimate things so low. So let's just push that one off because we've sometimes got 10, 15, 20, sometimes we've tripled adjuster estimates, you know, sometimes more. So it, it doesn't really even count, which an owner operator would be able to do as well. But if you're talking about an average owner operator, I'd say at 38,000, we'd pull another six to 7,000 out of it, give or take. And on average, what would they pay you for doing that for them? If it's a $38,000 estimate, it's seven ten. Oh. However, however, hang on. If this all started with an adjuster's estimate and the adjuster already got them up to say 20, 25,000, mm-hmm. we're only charging them on the difference. So if we got them another 15, that would only be 575. All right. Well, I won't be, we're not billing on what the adjuster brought you. We're only billing you on what we found. I like that. I like that model. Uh, it's kind of a no-brainer for a lot of these companies there. I, I think so. I think it's much easier. And uh, unlike a lot of our competitors, if it's under 100000 you'll have it back. I was going to ask about turnaround time. Because, right, I, I imagine part of the, the, the need for a service like yours is obviously to get the most out of the estimates, right, dollar-wise. But it's also speed. Um, and it's also making sure that that estimate gets across everyone's desk and gets paid in a timely manner there. So talk a little bit about what that turnaround time is. What do they have to do if someone's submitting an SQ estimate? What do they do through your interface? What does your process look like? And what can they expect in terms of turnaround? It's very simple. You just go to the website. You just put in your, your name, password, or excuse me, your name, email, and phone number. Then the client's address, some specific questions. For example, is this a TPA? Uh, do you want it light or heavy? Um, you're going to, and these are all check boxes. So it's bam, bam, bam. You can fly right through it. You have to write out a scope, which usually, you know, five, five sentences should be sufficient. Okay. You can attach as many pictures as you want. Yeah. If you have the adjuster's estimate, attach it. And then uh, a sketch of the floor plan. If you have one, if you don't, napkin sketch it, take a picture of it and put it in there. That's all. Oh. All right, so you're trying to make it as easy as possible. So literally, they're spending five minutes, maybe max, getting and and we're also working on an app too. So pretty soon you'll be able to do all that right from the app. Ah, okay. Everybody's got it like that. Yeah, I know. But guys are out in the field, and the guys that do want to do it, I want to make it as easy and as quickly as possible. Because that six hours from the job site of going to see three other jobs, you know, that means you'll be getting it back that much earlier. So well, let's talk about that. What's the time frame in terms of when you guys, let's just say $38,000 estimate, right? What's the time frame you get that and you're able to turn over the information that they need on their end? About a day, day and a half. Okay. Once you get up over 50000 you might be into uh, two days. And then the things that are the large loss, up over 100000 depending on complexity, sometimes as fast as three days. They're... They're not going to have the time to knock that same estimate out. No, especially do another. We're pretty good. At, I think we're probably one of the leaders at large loss. If you want to blow them out of the park and piss off the entire insurance company, we are your estimator for large loss. We've, we've <laughs> rubbed a lot of feathers with large loss, but it depends on what kind of it. But if you let me know you don't want something that's um, you know over the top, we'll, we'll write it as such. But in the larger estimates, we like to go to town. And still keep it below, you know, the the max. Okay. So we really like we do a lot of large loss up in uh, Oregon, California. Believe it or not, we do a lot of stuff in, in California. We've been doing a lot of historic homes lately. I don't know where they're coming from, but big, big, four hundred to one million dollar losses. Uh, well, we're gonna get to some uh, specific jobs here in a second, but before we do that, let's let's give some a little bit of free value, if you will. There may be a couple of examples or, or areas in which uh, restoration companies are leaving, like the easiest ones off the top of your head. 
where they are leaving money on the table when they're riding out the investments. I hate to see guys give away. It drives me crazy because of the profit margin and mitigation. There's some con like contractors that are just getting into the business. Mm -hmm. They come to us. We're perfect because they're like, I need an exact estimate. We come up. Keith, I need, I did an estimate and the adjuster said, I need uh, an exact estimate. No problem. Send me a scope, sketch, and picks. And then he starts talking to me and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to sub this part out. And I'm like, whoa, do not do that, dude. Don't send. I'm just going to call ServPro. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just give everything away, man. Don't give anything away. If you want something like that, if we're doing an estimate for you, I'll just say, hey, call Corey. Corey's like, you know, you need 12 fans, three dryers, this, this, and this. I'll tell you what to do. Go buy a moisture meter. And right there is, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Boom, done. And you so, rent that equipment nowadays. You can rent that equipment. You don't even need it, man. Don't, get it. don't give that job away. You're, you're, dude, half the time when you show guys this, they're like, I can't believe these guys are robbing me. They're, I can't believe they're charging me this much. this. <laughs> you know, it's so all like, come on, man, do it. So for the guys that know are looking at me like, well, gee, everybody knows that. But they don't. Like, ordinary contractors do not know that. All right. So vice versa, too, for the garbage cleaning guys. They're like, Keith, send me an estimate. Send me an estimate. I need an estimate. Because they were doing carpet. They water loss. They go in for water extraction. And I started doing some mitigation. Yeah, some painting. Um, will you estimate this in exactly? And I need it for the adjuster. Absolutely. Do it. Same thing. Yeah, there's a bunch of drywall work. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to give it all away to somebody. Time out. No, 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 no. Dub <laughs> it out or bring on a partner or pay have them pay you back for using that because right there's thousands of dollars and it's not always, not everybody, not everybody's always perceptive to that. And it drives me crazy because they're giving away so much money. Well, I, as a, so I'd say I've got about 130 or so uh, clients that we do pay-per-click campaigns for to generate restoration jobs. And I would say probably a third of them don't do any of the rebuild work whatsoever. They are mitigation only. And they're, they're what I affectionately refer to as cut and run. Right, they get in there, they do the mitigation work, and they get out. And the argument that they make to me, and it kind of makes a little sense, is, hey, um, you know, the the insurance companies are paying more for that piece of equipment that dries out that home than they are for the skilled laborer that I'd have to come in there to put everything together. So I could make my 70 percent margins on mitigation work, and even in a best case scenario on the build back, I'm like hoping for 40 percent on that stuff. Um, right. But I get your point. You're definitely leaving money on the table if you're not doing that at the very least find some you know reputable subcontractors and still build all that stuff out and pay them directly for that kind of work so let me that that brings up a really interesting topic we're coaching a company right now in washington about this um so when you see this do these guys usually do the mitt and walk away from the rebuild or do they refer it to a contract so every one of them has their own kind of circumstances right some of them literally don't want anything to do with the whatever work gets done after they leave they don't want reviews on their Google business profile because somebody came in and did rebuild work that they referred uh, and that looks looks bad on them. Some of them have relationships with GCs in town that they'll get a, a finder's fee or percentage of whatever that uh, that is, which is is great. And uh, and then some of them have a completely separate business outside of their franchisee so that they can capture that revenue and not have to pay that to the franchise. That's fine. There is. So, we have somebody right now, and again, you know, our stories. Um, she is mostly mitt. They are having problems closing jobs, but they're literally going to homeowners 
saying, oh yeah, you know, we'll be in, we'll do the dry out. And then they're saying, oh no, we don't do rebuild. That's it. And they're leaving. And they're wondering why they're not capturing as many jobs as they used to. And to us, it's obvious. It's like, sell the whole job, sub it out, do whatever you want to with it. They close them, take the whole job. And immediately when they started doing that, their close ratio on jobs went up 36% like that. Just because they're a turnkey solution. It's turnkey. Homeowner doesn't want to deal with getting on the phone and, and vetting somebody else, nor do you want to take the risk of that contractor saying, well, you know what? I only want it if I do the whole job. So, you know, 36% increase in sales, just like that. Yeah. So it all depends on how you're looking at it. And we know two things, right? We know that the homeowner would rather deal with one company through the entire process there. Absolutely. And we also know the insurance companies would rather work with oh. one company through the entire process as well. I know, I know. Look, um, all right. So um, we, we've talked a little bit about the averages in terms of what kind of increase in revenue they can see from using an, outsour uh, an outsource estimator like you guys. Um, give me some good stories, right? Give me um, whether it was an audit that you did for an existing estimate somebody put together or uh, one where you got uh, a public adjuster's estimate and kind of went to town on that. Give me, give me some good, give me some good, uh, good stories on some money that you made for somebody. Yeah, but every deal we do is more than the adjuster. Every deal we do is more than the contract. Nobody would come to us. But I will give you, uh, I'll also give you other free tidbits. So we have uh, a company that does multifamily loss in the Chicago land area. Um, they do, they're, do, they're doing water and they're doing rebuilds now. But this is how we met. And this is how the phone call goes. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Can you help me with something? I said, sure, what's that? So State Farm sent in these guys before they paid us, and they're supposed to analyze our file. They're a third-party consultant. I'm like, okay, so what's up? They're like, so we don't have any moisture readings. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And he's like, so what should I do? I'm like, you can try to fight them, bud, but I don't have good news for you. Like, you, you you can't you can't falsify these, nor can you really do anything because even if you did on a spreadsheet, they're not going to accept one. It has to be some sort of uh, an electronic signature of some sort. Um, lo and behold, they sat down and went to mediation, and we just helped them in, in as many areas as we could. I think that it was like sixty thousand. I think they ended up pulling. I think they ended up getting like high 30s, low 40s. So they basically got their cost back at it plus a couple bucks. But this is another thing about new guys versus old guys. You know, even if you're getting started in the industry, make sure you have a good moisture meter. Go spend a hundred bucks and get the app called Mika Moisture Mapping. And whenever you walk into a job and it's a wet job, just take start taking moisture samples and record them. Just do it. Um, mostly because of this. I've seen a huge influx of third-party solutions analyzing both mitigation and restoration jobs. I feel like, you know, I could be a cynic and say all the insurance companies are trying to get out of paying, but they I, I'm seeing this a lot more from the Chicago down through Ohio, that area, and then uh, everywhere in New York State, I've had people call me for it as well. So make sure you're tracking your moisture readings. And I'm not talking about writing them down. Go buy a good moisture reader, buy Mika Moisture Mapping or any one of the apps and start recording all of your moisture readings because once you have it, it's it's a situation you can't get out of and you can't go back. 
You can't lie. There's only one way to do it. So that's one area I'd say, make sure everybody's doing it. The guys in the industry know and use it anyway, just because it's easier. But newbies don't realize how critical it is. If you mess it up, you might not compete at all. Done. All right. Good value there. Um, all right. Keith, um, if folks are interested in having conversations and letting your team take over some of their estimates there, what's the easiest way for them to reach out to you guys? Estimationpros.com. And uh, our phone number is in the upper right-hand corner. You could submit the estimate right away. And if you circle back or just send me a text or a message, uh, the email there is claims at estimatesubmit.com. That's claims at estimatesubmit.com. Any way you submit it, whether you do it online or uh, through email, uh, I'll give everybody 20% off. I'll give you 20% off for the first 10 estimates. Hey, I like that. All right. Our audience getting a little additional value if they come. I'm getting aggressive. It's a great service and we're growing very fast, and I just think I the team. Very power, I feel very powerfully about what. How big is the team right now? Six. And you guys are cranking out how many estimates on a monthly basis? Oh, it's good worse. Um, per week, I would say it, it varies greatly based on what storms and what hails rolling through the middle part of the country. <laughs> um, but probably fifty to eighty a week. Well, we're getting ready to uh, we're getting ready to see a lot of inclement weather here over the next few months. So we made it top on um, another quick and easy one for guys in roofing. All our roofing estimates, as long as you're not getting an interior, all roofing estimates are two hundred fifty dollars. Oh wow, super cheap! And um, if you don't supply the roof bar or you know whatever supporting data, we'll buy it for you, and we'll still estimate it and turn around in a day, day and a half. So we can have roofing estimates turned around almost immediately. Two hundred fifty bucks. And there's another one. I think we're best in the business. Even with simple roofing estimates, I think um, we help you guys take everything off the table away from the insurance company. All right. So whether it's mitigation work, whether it's rebuild work, whether it's roofing work, you guys can get an estimate put together and get it turned around really quickly for. Large loss too. Commercial, hotel, hurricane, fire. All right. All right, Keith, again, thank you, my friend, for jumping on here for uh, round two of our interview here. Uh, if you didn't listen to the previous interview I did with Keith, he talked about the Restoration Entrepreneur, which is a coaching and consulting uh, a program that he works with restoration companies in all different stages. Even if you're just new and getting into the business, he can definitely help you. Or if you've been in business for a decade, you're looking to scale up so that you can make that exit, his team can help you with that as well. So Keith, thank you again for all the value. If you folks like what you heard today, please subscribe. Uh, Restoration Pros Unplugged will be back with some interviews, insights with great entrepreneurs and professionals in the restoration industry. So until then, stay safe, stay dry, and stay busy. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Clint. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Pros Unplugged podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, share, and also leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more interviews and discussions with restoration industry leaders really soon. In the meantime, if you're a restoration company looking to add more high-value water jobs, you can reach me and my team at warrestorationmarketing.net. Again, that's warrestorationmarketing.net. I look forward to hearing from you soon.